we're gonna we're gonna cancel welcome guys no 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 it's fine welcome back guys to the second episode of brown town the first thing you heard here today (laughs) was mahini clearing her throat thank you so much for that it was a good good start so let me refresh your memory here today we're with uh, like i said mahini who uh just had to fix her throat (laughs) yeah it's arandi it's justin here Okay, amazing, glad. Um, well, I'm, I'm happy you guys are here again today. Um, it was a good start. And today we're going to be talking about COVID-19. Ooh. Fun topic. Yes, it is. It's a very... Hot topic. It is. It's very Hot controversial. Topic. People have varying opinions. Um, so we'll just try and be respectful to each other today. Yeah. As always. And just, you know... Hear, hear yourself out, hear yourself out, yeah. Hear each other out um, <laughs> and see what you think of COVID-19, the rules, the restrictions, etc., etc. Yeah, so we're going to focus on like what we think about how different countries are handling the virus situation, about how people are reacting to it, about how we personally maybe were affected by it. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's something we want to divulge. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be... Maybe a little bit of a controversial uh, episode, but we're going to go into it. All -hmm. right. And we're also going to mention just some not really fun facts, but just a bit of facts about our home countries and just explain to you the situation um, in those countries. So in in my case, Afghanistan. All right. And mine would be India. And maybe I'll tap into a bit of Indonesia's situation okay that'd be interesting uh i'm mainly going to focus on sri lanka because that's what i know and i think it would be interesting to like contrast because we all moved here from Mm -hmm. somewhere else like how different it is and how it's been adjusting to the situation here and i'm going to talk about hong kong only or maybe some taiwan and china's um control over the corona and would you please uh would you please like introduce something about the netherlands yoda Okay, sure, sure. No I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> no pressure, indeed. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but um, let me just tell you guys the date of today. It's the 23rd of October, Friday. And today, just today, there were 10,000 new cases in the Netherlands. Um, and people, they want stricter rules now. They want a new lockdown. But it, I mean, the new lockdown, the partial lockdown, it's been introduced like a week ago. And we just need to wait to see results. But people are becoming impatient and asking for new rules. And I understand. I mean, it's terrifying. But we just need to wait and see because it takes time for these new rules to really come into effect and really affect the new uh, (coughs) possible cases. Okay. Yeah, I actually definitely agree with you. Um, Also, this is like the first partial lockdown that Amsterdam is going through, is it? Yeah, it's the first partial one. We've had an intellectual one, but this Mm -hmm. is the first partial one, yes. Yeah, so I feel like that people are so impatient because of how many months it has been since COVID has been existing. And people, they just want to get out there. And I feel like the public doesn't care that much anymore, even though everybody's advising everyone to stay in. People are just like, you know, they just want to get out. They want to meet their friends. And there's a lot of social desire that they want to satisfy. Yeah, I think that's something that I can agree with too, uh, especially since coming here and the people that I've spoken to. I think that's an attitude that like I've seen to be pretty prevalent also. People are like, I think it's 
kind of fatigue with the virus and also just like because mm-hmm. it's been around for almost this entire year it's just been so all-consuming that they just want to kind of live their lives they want things to go back to normal they want and for a lot of them they don't see the direct like impact that covid has uh, in terms of sickness so i feel like they just feel like their lives are being controlled like their lives are being uh, like unnecessarily hindered and they feel alone they feel like uh they only see the problems as it affects them preach, so, yeah preach. and that was a huge culture shock for me when i first arrived here because i was wearing my mask everywhere and people were staring <laughs> at me like dude what's up with you like why are you wearing a mask and i'm like hello i come from a place where like it's it's, it's established like you know you have to wear a mask or you won't be you won't be allowed entry and people are just roaming around free and i'm like okay cool yeah yeah, but talking about lockdown, I don't really feel like it's a lockdown. I don't feel like it's a partial one. And people can go out, like, whenever they want to. They can, like, just, uh, you know, go out at night and they can still, like... Although they couldn't really buy beers out there, they still, <laughs> they still can, sad. like, hang out with friends, having parties. They don't really care about it. And I think it's really a big loophole in, in, in the government's policies right now. And in the Netherlands. Yeah, in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And it's like Mohini said, it's really a really big cultural shock for me. I have been wearing masks since last year, um, since the protest started in Hong Kong. But still, it's in summer and, and it's way cooler here in Netherlands. And people still say, oh, it's so hot with the mask and stuff. And I, I just don't understand why couldn't you don't think about protecting yourself, but protect the elderly's. At your home, protecting others, not yourself. I, I, it's pretty, you know, selfish, from my perspective. Well done. All right, just playing devil's advocate here, bringing in like uh, a mm-hmm. different perspective. But I think like something common that we all have is that uh, I think it's also like a level of like self-discipline and also like the kind of background you come from. Maybe family background, maybe like some larger community background. Um, but like it determines how you react in a situation like this. So I feel like for a lot of people here, like to be fair on their side, um, a lot of people here and in the West in general, I think care a lot about their civil liberties, about the about being able to live life the way they want to. And I think that's like obviously a very fair expectation. Um, and I think that's why like the approach that governments here take uh, are so different from like how governments in our home countries um had to deal with the situation especially because i think they had to worry less about how people would react because in our country it was more like if this is what you're told to do you better do it so yeah and you know what to put in another perspective um it would be that you know where i come from at least and so many other asian countries first of all the population is much more bigger than the one here and secondly there's a huge elderly population there compared to the state the situation here okay. and there are a lot of there are, yeah uh, there are a lot of like you know people there youngsters who want to party who want to go out and with them it's like they don't uh they don't really care about it's not like they don't care about their elderly population, but they focus more on their social life. You know, like with us, it's like, you know, since there's an elderly population and, you know, you kind of, you can bring culture into that and you would be like, you know, we live with our p- family, we live with our parents. That's very true. 
yeah so we would be more careful that way i feel like yeah that's embedded in the culture and it's also because i come from a place where there's a huge elderly population oh okay just adding on to that i think like the general idea of how maybe i don't know if it's more than for brown people but you know how we always live with our parents and we live with like sometimes huge families in one house together so like social distancing is very difficult for like families themselves not possible yeah no no. so if you if like maybe a family of three kids and the kids go out because it's less dangerous for them they would still be bringing back whatever um you know contamination that they have to Mm -hmm. their household which is why i think it's harder whereas here i've met a couple of friends and some people who have said like they actively like moved away to like live alone or like left their parents so that they wouldn't be a burden to them so they wouldn't be of any harm to them um and i think maybe that's also why like a key difference i think maybe yeah but i also like to mention that um the netherlands we we have a lot of old people i mean <laughs> exactly. um i just looked it up for you guys but in like 2019 we've got uh, 14 million adults and 7 million of those so half of it um those people are over 50 so our population is quite old and old and i think our you know the rules are focused on protecting the elder elderly and that's what's being uh, just like put into our minds a lot we just need to protect our parents our grandparents so okay. why do you think that you know how people are not really abiding by the rules or the government you know the government policies like the youngsters you know because we're stubborn the dutch people <laughs> my god so so stubborn we call it eigenwijs we are eigenwijs meaning five uh, minute intermission to try and pronounce this word eigen meaning uh, your own and vice well, i don't know how to translate this vice yeah. is grown. it's like wisdom i guess so you follow your own wisdom okay. and right mm, now that's sense. the problem that we're facing people are like oh i don't want to do that and they have so many opinions on the rules and regulations but the only thing they really need to do is uh, just listen to the rules and regulations follow them <laughs> and you know we don't need your opinion the government does not need your opinion please just listen to the rules and well don't really you don't have to stay at home listen to the rules follow the rules thank you so much well, all I'm, right <laughs> i feel like if the if the government if the if the people or if the public follow the rules for at least two weeks you know strictly the numbers would go down drastically you know, I mean, it would help. It would le- it would go somewhere at least. Okay, just pre- like you know what, playing devil's advocate again, but also because moving here, like, and having to go through the f- ten days of self quarantine, um, like that was really hard for me. Even though the fact that it was uh, more relaxed here compared to maybe if I did it in Singapore or somewhere, or, or even in my own country, because we have you know what almost four entire weeks of self-quarantine two in like a hotel where they shut you off from the rest of the world and then two where you're required to stay at home wherever your residence is um the process here was like comparatively less intense but it was still really hard so i think like um just again playing devil's advocate but i think like it's also important to like understand that it's very difficult for people to adjust especially when you're used to like living your life a certain way which is why i think it's like this entire situation is so hard on people because like having to change your social lifestyle for people who are like so used to meeting so many different people every day or like having to change your work lifestyle and all of those different things that you have to like small things that you have to change about your life make it so difficult to adjust and adapting is so much harder than like i think we give people credit for which is why Mm -hmm. 
it's True. you I know agree. become such a big situation and a debate and like a controversial issue globally mm-hmm. but i do think dutch have a really you know a kind of mindset of breaking rules and stuff like that and that's oh, why really? they yeah i've seen it online and come across with people they say they are dutch and they say oh i like breaking the rules and but because of that they they are really creative like they they can't yeah they think they always think outside of the box okay. really yeah that's, that's my opinion i okay. think they're really, you know comparatively more creative than hong kongers and <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay yeah but and talking about demographics uh, i have some statistics from hong kong we have um currently 5300 cases okay uh, yeah. that's similar to indonesia yeah from like um january uh, the first case was in the 23rd of january oh. and we have now 5000 something cases okay. and the maximum per day was uh 140 something mm-hmm. and then we have 100 deaths and so so one day of increase in the Netherlands equals to the the total cases in Hong Kong. And, All right. And also, you were talking about, Yodo was talking about the population, right? So uh, I wasn't looking at the population, but I was looking at the population density. Mm-hmm. In Hong Kong, it's like 6,000-something people per square kilometers. But in Amsterdam, it's just 500. Okay, so you Yo, think- So people are way, way, way more overpopulated in hong kong but still we have lower infection rate okay so i think you know wearing masks is really really good um you know strategy to combat you know covid covid yeah (laughs) all right but i think uh also because uh the population density in hong kong and also i think in general in like developing world countries is usually higher because people like kind of cluster around urban areas or something uh, which is why, like, in our country, we had a lot more cases in our cities as opposed to in the rural areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think because of that, it also affects how intense the measures the government implements are. Because if, obviously, if you feel like more people are going to come into face-to-face contact or, like, close contact with people, then you have to be stricter. And Definitely. I think that's why, like, for us, they had, a, like, an entire curfew for almost mm-hmm. a good three months. We were just, like, asked to work from home unless we had to go to work uh like if it was an what's it called a necessary job Mm -hmm. or like essential worker yes Mm -hmm. like like the daily wage workers yeah Mm -hmm. and they gave like monetary compensations to try and help people who were getting unemployed losing work which uh the effectivity of those things is like very debatable but uh i i think like the main point is they had to be really strict because People just clustered a lot more. The uh, the risk was a lot higher than I think uh, in a less dense mm-hmm. area. Yeah, I agree with you actually because um, India also went through a lockdown and the first case was recorded in March. Yeah, and they they were actually pretty quick in imposing their lockdown and the people didn't even they weren't really mad about it. Um, I mean, at least it's easy for us to say because you know we have a place, we have a house to live, Privilege. but. Yeah. yeah, but there were so there was a huge population, you know, the daily wage workers who suffered a lot, a lot, and this was like even the, in the news how about a thousand workers had to walk to their houses, and because of that, like you know, because it was uh, they were traveling together, there there was this train accident that happened, and there was just a lot that was going on, and then so many more COVID cases spreading around in the country, and it was a huge thing. Also, by the way, guys, this is compl- it's a bit different from what I was saying just now. Did you guys like feel like during your whole COVID period 
that the media was only talking about COVID, but then uh, when you actually think about it, there were so many other cases that was happening in your country, but oh, the media yeah. was not highlighting it as much. Because Definitely. I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was like, okay, there's a lot that has happened. The media did like tap onto those areas, but yeah, it was not heavily discussed. Yeah, I think this is like a really interesting to to- uh, like topic to go into because I think like with all big crises, mm-hmm. like it kind of like puts a rug over all the other issues that any country or like any anyone's dealing with because it becomes like the new main priority. This is actually something we learned about for uh, PPLE as well. Oh, really? It's called like what comes on the institutional agenda of a government because as, like as the second something like global warming or like, I don't know, some natural disaster or something happens, mm-hmm. like that becomes like the thing everyone's focused on. So it like automatically shuts down all the other issues that were, that maybe like social movements, maybe something like gay rights that people were working on for ages, mm-hmm. like it automatically backtracks all of that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, this is really interesting because in Sri Lanka, I think a lot of, um, it's less about issues that were uh, like problems that were covered up uh, and more like, I think, undercover uh, corruption that took place because uh, the fact that everyone was so focused, including the media, on uh, coronavirus meant that um, the measures that the government was taking, um, people were less critical on like how intense or like how they decided to combat it as long as they were actively shown to be doing something. So I think there was a lot of criticism, at least from some of the people that I knew in Sri Lanka, about how... like they were being so like militarized and how mm-hmm. they were controlling people they would put they took the opportunity to kind of put so many policemen and army officials everywhere and track people down and there were some elements of racism there where they would like attack muslims more or oh, something we, and we went through the same oh yeah that was terrible and then like the whole issue of domestic violence that became such a big thing because so many people were trapped at home of like unable to escape from that i think that's something that was really highlighted by this crisis and then there's also which was good right it's like a that good thing from that. some aspect but mm-hmm. also the fact that people had to be locked up is so sad I know. um and then something else that very recently happened um is the fact that like the government kind of uh utilized the virus um to kind of and the way they were combating it because for a while we were doing pretty well and i think right now we have about 6000 positive cases but that's because our second wave started pretty intensely but during the first wave we were handling it pretty okay in sri lanka and the government kind of used that to gain support and they pushed the entire country into a into a general election in the middle of covid where people had to gather and vote which was um, done just so that they had a positive image going for them at that mo- uh, uh, at that moment uh, <laughs> <laughs> completely <laughs> moving on <laughs> um so there was a lot of criticism about that because people were like we're too scared to vote and obviously mm-hmm. the opposition's going to have a lot less time to actually like uh, get themselves together and get themselves organized in the in light of all of this. But they went ahead with the election anyway. So there's a lot of like controversy around that. Yeah. And they obviously won because um, that's how public support was going for. Because you're going to vote for whoever you think is going to handle the situation at that point. Yeah, but like look at that, the political agenda. Like they literally jumped at the opportunity and they were exactly. like, you know what, I'm going to, yeah, this is how I'm going to win. Sympathy votes. There you yeah. go. And now they're using the fact that they have a majority in the parliament. And they very recently, I think yesterday, managed to pass an amendment to the constitution 
election that was a very big controversial oh. issue in Sri Lanka that a lot of um, people that I know were very against. So a lot of issues because of the virus that have managed to get by. What about you guys in your places? Oh, that yeah. reminds me. I mean, recently we were talking about this. Remember, like in Indonesia, about the passing of labor laws. Uh, yeah. Um, about how they're reducing the 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 salary for for workers and that stirred up like a huge demo that was happening in Indonesia and I mean they were literally burning down police stations but it lasted just like for two days or three it, yeah, yeah it was for two days but then the the impact was like humongous they were they were burning down police stations there was like police cruelty going on and I feel like that even India faced that because there were there were these laws that they were supposed to pass pre-lockdown period but that didn't happen and then the protests got stopped but then again there was this point in time where the government had some controversial issues and the police jumped in and then the public also jumped in without any yeah like attention to the covert current mm-hmm. situation yeah actually the law enforcement actually use the laws for coronavirus for their own political purposes it oh. happens in hong kong it, it happens in, in in indonesia and sri lanka too and it's very apparent and really sad that the corona was manipulated into something as a political tool to control the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, Mohini was talking about a, a lockdown, right? And you had that in Indonesia and Sri Lanka too, but uh, we, we didn't have any lockdown in Hong Kong. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, we had we just had um, borders closed, uh, some borders except mm-hmm. um, airports. And um, but we still we were still way lower than Macau in Taiwan. Okay. Uh, do you know the numbers for Macau in Taiwan? No? no. Macau no. only has 46 cases. Macau what? what? Is that a place? In- yeah, Macau is a place in Hong Kong. Oh, okay. uh, next to Hong Kong. It's like a port. Like they have something. I don't know. Only oh, like yeah, 46 yeah, yeah. cases. That's incredible. Yeah, and Taiwan, Taiwan has like uh, 500 to 600. Yeah, but is that because they... Uh, they report the they don't report it properly uh, not really because they really close their borders mm-hmm. and okay. then they don't let people in oh. and oh. and also we um have mandatory quarantine with track and trace oh uh, yeah yeah with track and trace y- yeah yeah well, parcel <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was track and trace and we have to report to the um you know officials every day uh, after we arrive hong kong we also have designated quarantine centers and although some people are exempted especially people from oh mainland and india i don't know why and oh, yeah. uh, yeah. and there are also pro- uh, prohibition of uh, gatherings and dialing in mm-hmm. and also clo- closing down of bars and we also have mandatory mask wearing. Uh, on the 13th of July, we have mandatory mask on public transport. And a week later, we have indoor places. And, uh, and three days later, we have the mandatory everywhere. So you guys didn't have you guys didn't have lockdown, but then did that really help like with curbing the cases? Um, I, I think that's the point. Like uh, you were like everyone is ax- asking for like a lockdown um, mm-hmm. if they think it's not enough. But when we look at places like um, Taiwan and mm-hmm. Hong Kong and, and Japan, they don't really have a lockdown, actually. And that's really interesting because usually these places, people wear masks and they don't have a lockdown. They still can go out with friends and you can just look at people from Taiwan. They post stories. They still have concerts in Taiwan. It's yeah, pretty I incredible. <laughs> and I, I feel like, oh, it's an outer world. And and because just because their government really do the right thing, mm-hmm. and then people follow, and the people are willing to follow, 
So that's the point. They don't need, you know, army and police to force them to do it because they think wow. they're responsible because they want to protect others and they think the government is responsible to tell people to do it and they don't mm-hmm. challenge it because they think, okay, if we can like do it for a few months, then we can have like a better economy um, like compared mm-hmm. to Europe right now or even Hong Kong. So I think it's really um, you know, learnable model. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think that's interesting, but also um, like it's also evidence of like how different countries have like different abilities and like different things that they have to do in order to combat at least feel like they have to do in order to combat the virus because like you said hong kong didn't go into a lockdown so i think like in light of that you can kind of see how other countries like maybe we like when we were talking about the netherlands like they they're looking at all the other cases and all the other countries in the world and how they're handling it as well so i think Every country's like looking at it from their political climate, from the way they think their public will react, and like the governments. I I mean I know it's very difficult to feel like sympathetic towards a go- towards a government of a country, um, because you expect them to kind of buckle down and like be able to just deliver whatever is necessary in a situation. But I think, like, it's like I I just always find myself like imagining myself in that position as like someone in the government and knowing how difficult it would be for me to know like what to do and how to actually execute whatever solution it is for something like this mm-hmm. which is why I always try and like hear people who have different like differing opinions mm-hmm. to me um on like especially on covid yeah good point good point <laughs> i agree with you no, no, no. silence <laughs> all around no, we just had to think about what yeah. you said yeah. i mean you're so smart is mm-hmm. you need some time to like process let that know? seep in yeah exactly it's getting too sarcastic <laughs> now guys no. i'm gonna run crying <laughs> well um i'll just tell you guys uh, a bit about afghanistan oh yeah um, definitely So the Netherlands advises against traveling to Afghanistan because of COVID-19 and just the overall insecurity there. It's a red country, so you'd have to quarantine for 10 days if you came back from Afghanistan. Okay. But um, do keep in mind that Afghanistan is a periphery country. So the reported cases are not as accurate as the Netherlands, for example. Um, And, you know, this is just due to inaccurate and low testing. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now they've reported... Uh, like low amounts of people getting COVID-19 but like I said you can't trust those numbers Um, and just right now the healthcare system is inadequate and it cannot support those high number of cases. Um, I didn't have time to ask my grandma about her experience because my grandma and her family my my family they still live in Afghanistan but I I mean like I do feel the stress um, like when my mum talks to her family talks to my family. <laughs> I do feel like uh, she she ha- she has the need to stress to my family that you know you guys need to take care. It's a serious problem, and I feel like that in Afghanistan, um, it is being taken seriously, but it isn't. I mean, people um, of they're very social, but I mean, it's because the country has has had war for so long, and it's such an unstable country that people um, aren't very. Uh, their education level is, isn't that high if you compare it to the Netherlands, for example. And therefore, I believe that uh, if these rules are set out, if people advise uh, advise others to stay at home because of COVID-19 and if they like present some 
just some scientific facts, they won't listen. They'll just be like, oh, you know, it's fine. They'll just think, oh, it's not happening to me. It's fine. And I think that's a big problem. And just just the fact that it's it's a it's such a sad country. I mean, so much corruptness uh, oh, yeah. and just the overall. Yeah, I, I have no words. I think it's but just it, it's, it it's very has hard. Nothing aware, to do actually. with education level. Like you don't care about the government. People here don't care. No, too. they no. do. They do care about the government. The problem is that if you have, yeah, like I feel like people who have a high education, they understand the yeah, risks I and understand stuff. Your point. And I mean, like information right now is accessible to everyone but in afghanistan i think that it's um only accessible to the people who live in the city i mean they probably have phones but people who are like literally living uh in the countryside on the outskirts of towns they won't be they won't have that information ready and they'll just say oh you know it's fine it's fine no yeah. and then there's lack of um equipment as well you know how when classes went online people from poor families or from the rural places they couldn't afford online classes and you know actually there were there were news there were cases in our country where people you know had the thought of suicide they actually there were cases and they were like no we can't afford it it oh was very man. sad like i feel like it impact the impact was really bad yeah i think that like the economic impacts of everything and how much it highlighted like the economic mm-hmm. differences exactly like that that was really evident especially in sri lanka because um like we're really reliant on imports in our country because we don't produce a lot of stuff um like locally especially mm-hmm. like in terms of food items um a lot of things are imported so they had to cut down on all of that because of the crisis initially and then because we were running out of food locally because people also weren't allowed to go to work as much um and it was affecting crops and all of that uh they had to put well the government thought they had to put like minimum prices on things and this highlighted like a lot of uh economic issues because there was a lot of debate about this um and i actually worked at like an economic think tank so it was really cool because i got to kind of analyze it as well um and initially people thought the price uh the minimum price was a good idea because they had it for things like salmon tins which mm-hmm. was like the kind of food that uh people from poorer classes usually take as oh. like a staple in Sri okay. Lanka um and initially it was thought of as a good idea because they were like okay now like shops can't sell it for more than this um but then other people would just bulk buy at I that s- price <laughs> and then that meant that the people who would have otherwise bought those salmon tins for maybe a slightly higher price uh had like no alternative because they had to go for some completely other like more expensive kind of food because uh all of it was already bought up because it was at a fixed price by richer people who didn't really need it mm-hmm. so that was like i don't know it was really sad to see and also it was just really interesting to see how like um you don't perceive these differences and like how much it affects people but like it really really does it does it does yeah all right guys i mean anything else you want to like final thoughts on the virus or something or maybe positive vibes that we want to end on um i think we just have to work together and we'll, like i mean work together but separately too <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. i mean we're all in this together Hashtag high school musical. Heck yeah. We're all in this together, guys. And if we want this We're virus to <laughs> together <laughs> If we want this virus to be done, to be over and done with, we actually need to 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, what do we need to do? Mahini was just like mouthing something. I don't know what she was yeah. saying. She distracted me for a minute. But we need to work together because only if everyone follows the rules, then can we finally see some change? I believe in all of you. I mean, the Netherlands. Thank you. I mean, I think we're all well off. And you just said we're very, um, what did you say? We're privileged. We are privileged. Everyone here has a cell phone. Everyone, I mean, you, wait, <laughs> the person who's listening to, listening to this, you, you are listening oh, to yeah. this. You have access to Spotify or whatever your, uh, whatever Cloud, medium, yeah, Cloud, yeah, yeah, whatever streaming device or streaming app. But do you understand how privileged you are? Yes, I hope yeah, you do. You <laughs> but, okay, guys, I just want to say that we right now we're in such such a privileged situation. I mean, just like we mentioned, the situation is in Sri Lanka, in Afghanistan. I mean, it's so sad what's happening over there, and it's so sad to see how um, how they can't do anything about it. And if they like, if they had. If their school's closed, they just have to stay at home. They can't do anything. They they don't have some. They don't have like a laptop or proper phones, or proper Wi-Fi connection. So we need to understand that this this is temporary. And right now, just the situation we're in, it's okay. It's like okay if you compare it to the countries that are like that have like real big problems right now. So guys, just like have some hope, please, please, yeah. please and be safe. And I think that people just don't make unnecessary conspiracy theories on on how like the government have like i i, I heard people saying about okay the government want to control the people so they want people to wear masks so what's the relationship they don't really give an evidence of <laughs> no. it they don't want people showing their faces yeah it's weird so it's <laughs> too ugly yeah exactly. just follow at least we have a choice right now at least yeah. we are in amsterdam pretty much the best cities in the world so yeah compared to like the countries you mentioned where we came from yeah, yeah exactly yeah and i think also just like it's very easy to feel like isolated and alone and like really frustrated with the situation right now which is why i think a lot of people are just like i just wanted to disappear and be over so i can like get back to my life and like i think it, it's important to always like know that like everyone feels like that yes. you're not alone mm -hmm. everyone's frustrated everyone wants to move past this so just like yalda said you know we're all in this together Aye. and just like and listen to brown town yes we're here with you guys all the way yeah and we'll get through this and hopefully things will get better really soon ciao bye bye see you next time folks hold office <laughs>